Brian, how you doing today? Well, I'm feeling pretty inspired. Uh, we just had a great conversation with Eric Thurwinger, who is someone that uh, I've known off and on over the years uh, as a, a facilitator through some of the technology leadership groups that I've come up through. Uh, and he, you know, went off and did his own thing, started a company called Think Great, became an author. And, uh, you know, he is a, a former uh, U.S. Marine Corps corporal who uh, has just a very distinct message that I think is is critical for our times. And, and today we talked about leading through chaos. I don't know. What did you think about that uh, discussion today, Nick? Yeah, I thought it was a very great and timely topic. Our, our time was kind of short today. Um, you know, it's a little bit, probably going to be a bit shorter of an episode than the normal, but the content is great. Um, so with that, I think we'll just let our uh, listeners get on with the show. Let's do it. Right. Welcome to another edition of Lead.exe. I'm Brian Comerford in Denver, Colorado. And I'm Nick Lozano in Washington, D.C. And today we're thrilled to be joined with our special guest, Eric Thurwanger. He's the founder of Think Great and uh, is also an author, speaker, a coach, and has been a technology facilitator uh, among the many things that he's done, as well as uh, being a veteran of the Marine Corps. So let me start by saying thank you for your service. You're and very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, I'm glad to be on here with you guys. This is awesome. Been looking forward to this. Well, we're thrilled to have you. And, you know, I know part of the topic that we've really been exploring as a, a theme for the program leading through chaos is something that uh, um, both your background as a Marine uh, it was really uh, part and parcel of what you'd have to deal with on a day to day basis. Um, but now as a coach and a mentor, uh, I imagine that it's uh, a topic that's in high demand uh, with uh, those that you interact with. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Right now, you know, I coach all over the country, coach businesses, especially when we used to be able to travel. <laughs> um, but I still do coaching and I, and I focus on three main areas, leadership and strategic planning and selling. And right now, the hot topic is leadership. Most specifically, how can we lead our people through this chaotic time period and, and also unify our leaders? I think that we're discovering in the business sector that the small gaps the disconnects between leaders in an organization that were overlooked when times are good are now humongous gaps that, that can't be overlooked anymore. And the ripple effect of leaders not being unified during this time period is pretty significant. So we're getting a lot of calls to help unify leaders. And so the message leading through chaos is extremely timely right now. Well, before we get into more depth on that topic, I'd love it if you'd walk us through your background a little bit. And, uh, you know, I, I know that you have uh, just an incredible personal story as well uh, that I've heard you share a number of times. Sure. Um, and, and I'd love to, uh, to get, uh, you know, your perspective on how all of that contributed uh, to developing an organization like Think Great and uh, becoming an author of the, the many books now uh, that are titles <laughs> under your name. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, my journey really started in leadership on August 24th, 1987. That was the day that I stepped off of the bus at the recruiting depot in San Diego, California. And I started the onboarding program for the Marine Corps, which is known as boot camp. It's about as fun as it sounds. And it really starts to prepare you for the chaos ahead. In fact, they, they put you into what's called the fog of war. and They just constantly disorient you and 
confuse you and test your performance under those circumstances. So when I was in boot camp, you know, I went in three weeks after I saw Full Metal Jacket in the theater. I'm not sure if that was necessarily the best timing on my part <laughs> because I realized pretty quickly, I think my recruiter left a few details out. Um, the other thing I realized very quickly is that I think my drill instructors had gone three weeks earlier to see it in the theater too because I think they really took their game up and said, you know, we gotta, we got to step it up as, uh, as oh, guys here. So, <clears throat> so they really unloaded on us. However, uh, I wouldn't change anything from that experience because – the harder they were on us, it was because they care about us. They were developing us for the things to come. And so that, that training in the military is really critical. Now, not only did I survive boot camp and make it through that chaos in that, that, that cloud or fog of war, but I went on to become an air traffic controller in the Marines. And so I learned how to spin a lot of plates. And I worked at the Marine Corps Air Station, Yuma, Arizona, up in their tower, the, the busiest military airport in the world, at least at that point. So there was a constant stream of chaos called airplanes flying and landing, and we had a lot to handle. So as, a, as an 18-year-old, as a young Marine, there was a lot of pressure, but it was that, that fog of war that they put us into in boot camp, that disorientation, the training and development we received that was so critical. And, and I left the Marine Corps in 1991, right after the first Gulf War ended, and I pursued a career in the film industry. So I was uh, attending USC, their film school when I actually met my wife, Gina. Uh, we got married three years later, and then 10 months after that, she was diagnosed with cancer. And so on the personal side, we experienced chaos. And she fought that for a year and survived. And a few years later, she was diagnosed a second time with basal cell cancer. In 2010, she had breast cancer. In 2011, she had melanoma. In 2016, she passed away of cardiac arrest while I was doing CPR. And they brought her back to life after 15 minutes. So the third hit with the defibrillator. So even on the personal side, I've experienced just a little bit of chaos myself as a caregiver. I also had stayed in the, uh, I got out of the military, got into the film industry, got back into the film industry when I left for a little while to take care of Gina, and I became the VP of a media company and, and helped guide that company through the recession. So whether it was desert storm, whether it was the recession, whether it was chaos on the home front with medical challenges, I really feel that everything culminated into what I'm teaching organizations now and, and what I've experienced and why I put together Think Great was to teach people to think differently during challenging times, stay focused on their goals. And I think that's why we're called on so much right now at Think Great is leaders are looking for a way to motivate and inspire and to guide their teams through this, this fog of war, if you will, or this, this chaos. And we are extremely prepared to help leaders with those solutions. And that's what I'm most excited about is there's, there's a lot of hype and rah-rah and leadership theories being tossed around right now that make sense but aren't necessarily applicable during the chaos. There's some things we need to do when the tough times hit. And, and I'm, I'm a big fan of hype and rah-rah. I like it myself fired up too. But we have to have some strategies. And that was something I learned in the military. You see, they prepare you to go into the chaos. The civilian, the business sector, if you will, prepares you to avoid it. And so when it hits, we can often sometimes be at a disadvantage. And so this is something we're sharing across the world in all businesses is, is this level of chaos is extremely high and uncertain right now. 
Well, it's, you know, an a incredibly powerful story every time that I hear you tell it. And uh, that was, you know, certainly, I think, probably the most succinct version that I've heard you yeah. deliver. <laughs> That's called um, double timing in the military. I did, I did that one pretty quick based on our right. amount of time today. <laughs> no, no, I love it. No, I appreciate that. And it's, uh, you know, I think everything that you touched on, um, you know, you've really had a life that has uh, that that friction, that adversity, it, it's, it's like it's really sharpened you, um, you know, to, to have um, this very calculated kind of approach for the message that you're delivering today. So again, very appreciative to, to have you here sharing that. One thing, on here, one thing that you touched on that, uh, that I'd like to explore a little further, you know, you, you mentioned that the military prepares you for chaos. That's, that's the intent, right? The expectation yeah. is always, you're going to be set down uh, in a world of, you know, exactly fill in the blank <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and uh and and from the business world perspective right uh it's it's all about uh, avoiding risk risk aversion that's correct <laughs> and, and yeah. so it's two distinctly different types of leadership styles and when you're caught uh in the types of circumstances that we're in today that's where those two things can can really you know i mean ultimately you need one type of leadership style and most people are not equipped to be able to embark on that path. Yeah, talk, that's talk with us a little bit more about what are some techniques um, that those who come from more of that risk averse sort of leadership style uh, can be equipped with um, for these challenging times. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that you know, leadership can be challenging even during the best of times when all the stars are aligned. It can be challenging because leadership truly is the people side of our business. So regardless of what industry we're in, we're leading people but when we start to lead people, not manage them, but lead them through tough times, we really find out, do we have the leadership skills for this? And um, I think one of the biggest things that we have to do is, is unify our, our leadership team. That every leader needs to be on the same page with what the message is that's going out. And so I really look at it as three things. We have to unify our leaders, we have to unify our team, and we have to unify our message. And, and I experienced that you know, when the Gulf War broke out, all the leaders were unified. Uh, they started to unify the team members. Every Marine was being unified. And there was a shared message that was going out. And so that was a lot of chaos. It was a lot of unknowns and uncertainty at the time. But they unified us. And that unification process, I think, is more important than ever. If you ask a leader during the good times, is it important to unify your leaders, your team, and the message? They'll say yes. Is it important during chaos? It, it's essential. And, and we start to see where the gaps are. So, you know, a few of the things that I share with leaders is we've got to get the core leaders, the executives, that inner circle of leaders, you know, singing the same song. And one of the things that they can do is really identify the traits that are expected of leaders, especially during these times. So, you know, by definition, a trait is a distinguishing quality or feature or characteristic. And most leadership teams don't have a shared collection of traits that are expected of every leader. That's why you see so many leaders going in different directions. They say, well, that's just the way he is, or she just operates this way. And I get that there's different styles, but there should be some unification in the expected traits. Uh, for us in the Marine Corps, we had 14 of them, you know, with the acronym JJ did tie buckle. So justice, judgment, dependability, initiative, decisiveness, all these things, <clears throat> they unified us. And, and I don't even recommend that the business sector has 14, but at least have three at least have three key traits that is expected of every leader right now. Uh, 
uh, and then those can carry into the good times as well because this this fog will clear this time will pass and we can come out better on the other side if we're unified as leaders how how important is communication in that right it, we're in this difficult time right now and and one of the things i think is super important and what you said you know having some type of of uh you know mission or whatever but communication is also important right that the the leader stepping up saying hey guys look we're we're in a tough time but you know we don't know if we're going to lose x amount of dollars um yep. how, how important is that right now you know communicate it's a it's a great question communication i think is one of the unique tools we own as leaders so there can be a lot of business resources we have but we have the ability to control our communication we have the ability to control our words our gestures, our body language, and all of these things send messages. So everybody listening on this call right now has to understand that everything that they say sends a message and makes an impact. Everything they don't say sends a message and makes an impact. So the words of a leader are very, very important right now. When I was in the Corps, they would teach us about the kind of the heroes of the Marine Corps, the legends of the Corps. And one of them was Chesty Puller, right? So that good old Chesty. Yep. Yeah, you know Chesty Puller. <laughs> I know um, Chesty, yep. So He's a very interesting individual. Yep. He was. And and to to shorten up a, a longer story, you know, him and his men were at the chosen reservoir in Korea and they were freezing, running out of food, running out of ammunition, and they were they were starving. And one of the things that he said, he got up and addressed them. He didn't delegate this part out. He stood up as a leader during the toughest times when they all thought they were gonna die. And he started off with crystal clear communication. And he said, we are outnumbered 29 to one. I'm not sure that was the best motivational speech right there, but he followed it up with dynamic communication. So he empowered them. So the very first thing he did is he stated the facts. Here's where we are, we're outnumbered 29 to one. And then he shared seven words that empowered his people. And he said, they can't get away from us now. And what he did by sharing that was get up here. And that's where a lot of leaders spoke. I feel that we tend to communicate in business about our business, our industry, our products, and our services very fluently too. But if leadership is the people business, we have to prepare our message so that we can inspire and motivate them and give them hope for the future and give them instruction for the present as well. I think that's really good what you said there that that you know they they also lean in on what you don't say right because if you don't say something people are going to make up things in their head and it's going to be much worse probably than what it, it could have been if you just said what was actually going on i mean i mean silence speaks volumes and it's at this time that i encourage leaders to have cpc constant personal communication and i know that we can't be face to face which is optimal but we can do it virtually and we can do it in a team setting, we can do it in one-on-one -on -one settings, we can have these virtual coffee meetings, we can have these virtual lunches, but the communication and the frequency of it is so critical, and this really ties back into leadership principle number four of the Marine Corps, which is keep your people informed. There's is keep your Marines informed, but you can substitute that in the business sector, keep your people informed. One of the biggest complaints I hear from team members, even during the best of times, is they don't tell me anything. I don't know what's going on. I'm not in the loop. During the challenging times, if we are not keeping them informed, they will fill their heads with negative thoughts. And we can't afford that right now. When chaos is at hand, we cannot afford as leaders to bring morale down, even through our inactions or our inability to speak. But the problem is, is that we are very fluent in our business 
but we are not fluent as leaders. And so I consider myself for many leaders as a dialect coach. I teach them how to speak leadership. The Marine Corps did not have a problem speaking leadership. They had 14 leadership traits, 11 leadership principles. So when the challenge hits, they know what trait and what principle to pull to empower us. In the civilian world, I have found that most leaders are speechless. They don't know what to say. And so to, to your point, they'll almost say nothing and they will hope for the best. And in a situation like this, we can't hope for the best. We have to guarantee success. And we do that through our communication. Yeah, the, the famous aphorism that hope is not a strategy, right? Uh, a lot a lot of what you were just touching on, you know, I spoke to uh, a leader of an organization uh, about this time last week, and I was asking specifically, what is your strategy, you know, given the current circumstances? Yeah. Um, and he said, well, now is not the time for strategy. You know, now, now we've got to take things day by day. I mean, everything's changing so quickly. Um, there's not a way that you can put a strategy in place. And I walked away from that conversation thinking, oh, my goodness, you may be doomed. That is. <laughs> well, hey, hey, no, you're absolutely right. And, and I think that's the dilemma we're in is that leaders do not know how to operate during chaos. And regardless if you know how to operate or not, the team is expecting it. So this is our chance to shine. I love that you said, uh, you know, to that has sharpened me because I do use an analogy that leadership is very much, or leaders are very much like blades. There's two of them. And, and we have a leadership butter knife and we have the leadership katana sword and, and a leadership butter knife completely just does what they do best, which is just continue to spread things around. They don't resolve anything. They're a dime a dozen. In fact, you probably have, you probably have butter knives in your drawer at home right now. And if you were to lose one, you will not lose any sleep over it because you can easily <laughs> replace it. But, but the difference with the katana sword, that level of leadership, is that is a sharp leader. That is a leader that cuts through the chase. That's a leader that gets things done. They, they finalize things. And that's what we need right now. We need leaders that maybe you can't develop your strategy, but you need to give them some hope and some techniques tactically to move forward. I think you should have strategy. But, but in order to be a great leader, I believe, and then to move from that butter knife to the katana sword, it's all about the way we're forged. And, and the steel that's required to make that katana sword for the samurai was put into intense heat. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that what we are experiencing right now in business worldwide and personally is intense heat. This is the chaos that's there. So leaders, we have the opportunity to turn into that, to go into the kiln and be heated up and then be forged, which is a lot of heat and then a lot of pounding. And then a lot of heat and a lot of pounding. And it's that process that moves us away from being the butter knife. And, and I'm sure that you've seen katana swords displayed on mantles, but we've never seen a butter knife displayed on a mantle. Nobody loves their butter knife enough to put it on a mantle. And so right now, leadership butter knives are worthless. They're, they're not needed. What we need are leadership katana swords. We need people who are sharp right now as leaders who know how to speak leaders, leadership and who can deliver a message to their team. This isn't the time to be soft on leadership. We cannot be leadership jellyfish at the mercy of the current. We have to have a backbone, stand up and raise our leadership bar. Sorry, I just got myself fired up. <laughs> oh, I love it. You know, it, uh, it reminds me. So my, uh, my, cell phone case uh, has, has a picture of uh, a, a bulldog uh, variation of Winston Churchill. And it, it, there's a longer story behind that than we have time for today. But what I will share ties right into what you were uh, just uh, referring to there. Uh, you know, someone had asked me, you know, why, why did I choose to have that? And I said, for me, 
it's, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of those moments when that type of leadership where you're the most decisive, you, okay. you have to act quickly, right? Winston Churchill wouldn't have been a great prime minister uh, in a time other than a time of war. He, he just wasn't really cut out to okay. be a butter knife, right? But, uh, but Yeah, no doubt about it. And his, and his COVID-19 was the Nazis. Yeah. So, you know, everybody has their COVID-19. Yeah, huge. Yeah. And he was even advised to surrender by his own people. Right. And so and so he stepped up as a leader and said, here's what we will not do. We will not surrender. So, yeah, I agree with you, Brian. We do need to have strategy. His strategy was we will not surrender. We're not going to we're not going to back down to tyranny. And uh, and and while we have a different enemy out there right now, we cannot afford to back down. And we need to let our troops know that we are going into this with them. And that is a very important message to send. Uh, we cannot hide from leadership right now. And it's interesting that you have the bulldog on your phone because the mascot for the Marine Corps is the bulldog. <laughs> and I don't know how many of them they actually have, but probably 90% of them are named Chesty. <laughs> so, you know, you're starting to see a theme here. You know, real leaders, I mean, this is the time for us. Real leaders rise up during the challenge. This is when we're needed the most. It is easier to lead during the good times. This is when real leaders are needed and when leaders are needed the most. And we have to fulfill that purpose. And, and too often right now, we have leaders, leaders who merely have a position, but they don't understand their purpose. They have the title, but they don't know what to do with it. And that's what we teach leaders is how to use that position of leadership to fulfill your greater purpose as a leader. So you, you made a great point that, you know, leadership is not just a title, right? You can be in a lower level role and um, still play some type of leadership. So Absolutely. where should people, do, do you have any idea where people should start if, if they realize that they're kind of lacking in these leadership skills, these communications? Do you have any yeah. kind of starting point you give people? I do. I, first of all, I believe that leaders not only are needed more now than ever, but Leaders are at every level. And when I was in the Marine Corps, they started developing as leaders when we were in boot camp. And I, I can't share the names that they call this in boot camp, but to Brian's point earlier, we'll let you fill in the blanks. And so here's what was interesting is that in boot camp, I guess the nicest bad word they call this was dirtbag. <laughs> so while we were being developed as dirtbags, we were being developed as leaders. And so the process needs to start immediately for organizations. We need to plant these leadership seeds. Where they started with us was teaching us the principles of leadership and the traits of leadership. In fact, um, in, in just right in the first few pages of my book, The Leadership Connection, I talk about JJ Ditsai Buckle and what those expectations were as leaders. In addition to having your traits or principles, I believe every organization needs to have a definition of what it means to be a leader in their organization. For us, we have that. In our book, we have here's what it means to be a think great leader. For XYZ company, they need to define what it means to be a leader at XYZ company so that people can start to achieve that definition. If we don't have a definition of what it means to be a leader, it's really hard to hold people accountable and say, well, you didn't do what you needed to do as a leader. And they say, well, I don't know what's expected of me as a leader. So there's a lot of expectations on leaders right now, but we need to start by defining it first. You know, what, is, what is that end state for the leader now? Yeah, I think it touches back on, you know, part of what I had heard, uh, you know, that now is not a time to be setting a strategy, right? Today is a, you know, it's a day-to-day -day operational uh, sort of approach. You know, if that's the case, I mean, how do you know what the roadmap is? 
How, how do you know where you're going from Monday to Friday? I mean, even if your strategy is just a week by week strategy, you know. So. You know what? That, that's such a great point. And here's where we can enlist the help of our people. And I didn't mean to cut you off there, Brian, but you touched down on something very important. Um, even if we have a hard time identifying what the strategy is, it doesn't mean that we don't need to strive for a strategy. And we can enlist the help of our people on this one. In fact, I feel that if we are taking that approach of day by day, we're going to miss the opportunity of seizing each day. And we need to do the old carpe diem, right? Seize each day, connect them together. We have to first share the message with our people that this will pass. This will be over. And our strategy is to come out better and stronger on the other side. I would challenge every leader on this call listening in right now to ask this simple question of their people. How can we be greater? And when we ask that question, it's not only how can we be greater during the chaos, how can we be greater afterwards? I think there's a lot of leaders that are self-reflecting on their own performance, their team's performance, their business capabilities, and we've got to give them that, that outlook for the future. It, we're here doing a virtual session, and I know you're recording the audio, but luckily I can see you guys, and you look great, by the way. But we were ready to go virtual with our training because we've been requested. This chaos caused us to be prepared, and so... There's a difference between being ready and being prepared. Most leaders feel that they're ready for these type of situations, but they're not really prepared. And so it's very important that we are giving that strategy uh, or at least encouraging them to develop ideas on how we can be greater and give them something to work on. So if we just take the idea that it's day by day, we may miss the opportunity to have our teams collaborate which is a very empowering tool. So we can have them collaborate, come up with some ideas on how we can be greater now and how we can be greater after this is over. You know, a couple of uh, podcasts back, Nick and I had talked about disaster readiness. And, you know, one of those um, assets that goes along with that is having a business continuity plan. Right. Yep. Knowing what you're going to do uh, when the disaster strikes. And part of what we talked about is no one loves to own that because it ends up being a lot of work and a lot of detail orientation around something that you hope never to execute. <laughs> right. And, okay. so, and okay. so it's the kind of thing that it's, you know, when it lands on your plate and you're told that it's going to be your responsibility to curate this thing, no one's ever excited, but I'll tell you what, on the day that that document needs to be put into action and needs to be executed, uh, I actually got a, a call from uh, the CISO from one of the prior companies that I worked for who said, man, you know, were your ears burning? And I said, why? And he said, that thing that you created, <laughs> it's never been more valuable than it is right, right now. <laughs> well, and, and I think that, you know, it's the same thing about leadership, right? We need to have that, that, that leadership plan, that, that continuity plan to, to continue to keep going as leaders. This is when we are going to be tested. And at the end of this, there's only two options. You're either going to pass as a leader or you're going to fail. And what that really means is when you pass, you have guided your team through this. And, and some people have experienced layoffs or they, you know, they've had to let people go. There's, there's a lot happening. I, I'm hearing the word postponed a lot. So even for me as a speaker, there's events that are postponed, which means it will happen later. So I think everybody's mindset is it will happen later. We just don't know when. And so that's where the confusion lies. But leaders have to be able to guide people through this, this fog of war, if you will, this, this confusion. And I often look back, and, and it'll tie back into what you asked, Nick, about communication. If you've ever flown in a plane and, and you've opened the window up 
and seen fog outside of your window or clouds. That's the same view from the front. So, you know, <clears throat> understand that as an air traffic controller, I understood that the passengers are seeing the same thing the pilots are seeing. In other words, the pilots are blind. Communication between the pilot and the air traffic controller is critical because lives are at stake. Now, in this crisis, livelihoods are at stake and lives are at stake. So communication is gonna become very important. So we do need to have strategy. We do need to be uh, strategic and tactical at the same time, but we need to communicate more now than ever because every fine detail is, is critically important when we can't see the path ahead of us. We know it's there though. Every pilot knows the runway's there. <laughs> every air traffic controller knows the runway's there. So even if we can't see it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but our ability to communicate effectively will help land that plane. Or in other words, it will guide our teams and our businesses to that safe landing on the other side. That, my friend, is a powerful message uh, and, uh, and one that, um, that really resonates with me. You know, just this morning I was uh, looking at a magnet that I keep uh, on our refrigerator. And um, I, I don't know where the quote came from, but it's one that probably, you know, everyone's heard that uh, life is not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning how to dance in the rain, right? <laughs> I like that. I'm not the best dancer, but I get what they're saying. <laughs> but at least if you're dancing in a storm, people might not see you too. So I guess I got that going for me. But, um, you know, there's a, there's a very, very important phrase I learned in the, in the military. And, and I'll share it with your listeners here. And some may have heard it, but not everything we did in the military was fun. Not everything was a bowl of cherries. In fact, some of the things we did sucked and some of the time periods sucked. And it's very easy for people to complain about this. And so <laughs> there was a t-shirt that I remember having in the Marine Corps and their phrase when something sucks is embrace the suck because it's not going away. So what they're saying is we need to embrace these times because they're not going away just yet. And we need to come out stronger on the other side. Plus, I think what they were saying is stop complaining, Marine. Nobody wants to hear <laughs> your complaints during challenging times. So that one phrase, you know, that's addressing the elephant in the room. I'll, I'll just say it out loud. COVID-19 sucks. But we need to embrace the opportunity that's here right now. And that opportunity is for us to sharpen our leadership blades, to become better, and actually fulfill the purpose of why we were promoted to a leadership position in the first place is to help guide people through these tough times. Leadership is very much an expedition. It's not a destination. We're always on a journey and the journey got extremely challenging. And this is when great leaders are needed the most. So I'm, I'm, I'm here as a resource. Uh, I'm happy to help leaders guide their teams through this just as you guys are doing right now. This is leadership. We need to hear the L word spoken a lot more right now. I like the embrace the suck. Um, I've, I've heard that multiple times. Yeah. And I always think about it, you know, it's like you embrace the, the difficult things, the things that are out of your control, and then you focus in on the things you can control. You can't sure. control COVID-19, but you can control your communication to your team members. You can control, um, you know, how you're going to pivot and do your products differently. Um, so that's, that's what I always think of when I think about embrace the suck. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because you're, you're absolutely right. There's, a lot of things that could be out of our control, but one of the things that I share, the, the meaning behind think great is that we can control two things. We can control our thoughts and we can control our actions. Uh, nothing can take that away from us. Not even COVID-19, not even our greatest adversary can take that away from us. And this is the time when leaders have to control their thoughts, have to control their actions, and we have to be the leader that's needed right now. 
Eric, I know that uh, GREAT in Think Great is actually an acronym, and uh, I think it's a powerful one. Can you share that one with us? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the very first book I wrote was called The Goal Formula, and I use goal setting as a way to look into the future, and I use it specifically. I, I started using it in the Marine Corps. We had goals in there. And actually, the first time I started to put together a formula for goal setting was in boot camp when I knew my goal was to get out of boot camp. So that was an important goal. So I really flushed out this formula when my wife was diagnosed with cancer and my orders were to keep her positive and keep her spirits high. And I was trained as a caregiver, but I was developed to be her leader during this time. And we had set a goal of buying a house. And when she was diagnosed, that goal went on the back burner. And I brought that goal to the forefront. And this is very important for leaders. Goal setting right now helps to reduce stress and it helps people to look up from their challenges and into the better future. And what I did when I sat on the hospital bed at the City of Hope in Duarte, California, is I pulled the goal from the back burner and said, let's go look for that house when you're not sick. Not if, but when, because not only is uh, everything we say important, but even every word can be important. So I was giving her hope for the future by saying when you're not sick. But there's a big difference between setting a goal and accomplishing a goal. And as I found out, buying a house when you're broke and your wife's dying could be a little challenging. And, and so I started to think about the steps I needed to take. And I broke those into five key areas. And that's what formed the company name GREAT. So think GREAT. It is an acronym and it stands for goals, reasons, expectations, actions, and tracking. And those are the five steps we take uh, to accomplish every goal. Our goal has to be important. So we have to identify an important goal. We have to attach powerful reasons to that goal. In other words, why we're doing it, who it impacts. We also have to raise the bar. We have to set high expectations. There's no such thing as something for nothing. We're going to have to sacrifice something to get to that goal. We also have to take all of the actions required. You can't hit 100% of your goal taking 50% of the actions. You can't be 100% of the leader people need by only doing 50% of the work, right? We have to do it through the challenge right now. And last but not least, the T is really important. We have to track our, our results intensely. And typically, we utilize other people to help us track because it's hard for us to stay accountable to ourselves. And, and that's why we share our goals with other people so they can keep us accountable. And that formula has allowed me, the, those steps have allowed me to uh, create a formula for goal setting that's allowed me to launch my own business, write books, start a foundation, and help other people to set and accomplish their, their personal and professional goals, no matter what circumstances they face. Because just like dancing in a storm, we can still take these steps no matter what challenges we face, whether it's a medical challenge, whether it's, it's a war, or whether it's a, uh, an outbreak that has a worldwide impact. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that's such a powerful message, and, and it's always inspirational to hear you uh, uh, walk through that. Um, I know we're kind of wrapping up on uh, how much time we've allotted for today. I, I would love for you to share a little bit more about some of the other books you've written. You've got six titles now to your name. Is that right? Yeah. I'll give you a brief overview on them. So the, the very first book was The Goal Formula, and that was the book that, that became the foundation of everything that we do, which is helping people set and accomplish goals during their toughest circumstances. And what that led to was people started asking me, you know, can this apply to sales goals? And I said, well, yes, it can. And with my background in sales, I ended up writing a sales book. Then we started to get approached by leaders and the sales book is called Dynamic Sales Combustion. And then leaders started to approach us and say, you know, could you come in and teach some goal setting techniques to our leaders and maybe some leadership strategies? And that led into a book called The Leadership Connection. And then people started saying, could I apply these goals to my personal side of things? And I said, absolutely. And so I wrote a book on uh, a weight loss book called The Scale Factor because I actually used that formula 
to lose weight after I was Gina's caregiver the first time. You know, I found that when you're a caregiver, you stop taking care of yourself. So uh, I put on a lot of weight and didn't exactly look like myself after a few years. And so got back into shape, lost 42 pounds in about 88 days and, and put, a, put that in a book. And then following that, people started to take their goals to another level in businesses and they wanted a strategic planning model they could use. And so I took what I did in the media company. I created a book called Elevate. And that's about taking your business to the next level. So it uses an analogy that if your business were an aircraft, it's not designed to stay on the taxiway. It's designed to elevate, soar into the heavens, which is what we design businesses for. So this book gives a formula or a system, a program um, for business elevation, uh, for strategic planning. And then I also have a journal that I did, a 90-day journal that helps tie in with the goal formula to keep people on track 90 days at a time which is another theme in our company, the 90 days, that powerful 90 day run or program or flight because boot camp was 90 days. And that, that transformation I had into a Marine through the training and the development was extremely powerful. And science shows that we can stay laser focused for about 90 days. I think if it could be 100, the Marines would extend their boot camp, but it doesn't work. They can only keep us in that fog of war, in that chaos, in that hell for 90 days. But that's the kiln and that's what transforms us. So is there any book that's had a big impact on you that you'd like to share with any, everybody? Yeah, so I actually have it. I know your, your audience won't see it, but this is what I was issued in boot camp. <laughs> and this is the Essential Subjects Handbook. And the reason that this had a big impact on me is most organizations have a handbook. Um, the Marine Corps handbook is so thick that you actually have to use a flathead screwdriver to undo the pages when they issue new pages. But here's the interesting part. It sets up the expectations for every person in the organization. And it starts off with leadership. You see, in the civilian world, in the business sector, what I found is leadership is an afterthought. It has to move from position to purpose. So this book taught me that we have to have expectations. We have to get people on the same page. But we also can't forget that leadership is core. And even in this book, it says that since the beginning of the Marine Corps in 1775, leadership has passed from one Marine to the next. So we're talking almost 250 years of people speaking leadership. I use this book in my training sessions that I do live with clients. I show them the book and I show them why it's so critical that in the, in the book that's issued during our entry-level period, our onboarding boot camp, we're taught leadership. So, so that one's had a huge impact on me. It also taught me how to pass an inspection, how to survive in the field. <laughs> it was essential subjects, right? And yet the number one essential subject is leadership. That's so cool. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, where folks can find you. Obviously, you've got uh, your website, you've got your LinkedIn profile. What's, what's the yeah. best contact point for you? Yeah, you know, I would say that uh, they, can, they can reach out to us at info at thinkgreat990.com. Uh, they can also find us on the, on the website at uh, thinkgreat90.com. Um, feel free to email me. I, I see all the emails that come through to info. We have a team, a Think Great team that helps out, but uh, they pass along everything to me. So if you have a, a listener that would like some more information on leadership development for their people, I'm happy to get back in touch with them. That's awesome. Eric, it's uh, always inspirational to hear you speak. I know you've got uh, webinars that you're offering, uh, you know, during, during the time of crisis for sure, but it's something that's always ongoing for you as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We're excited to give back. Yeah, this is our big give back right now. We just did a goal setting webinar last week. This week we have our leadership webinar. Next week is our selling webinar. Uh, just our way of think rate of sending out a powerful message when people need it the most. Well, again, thank you so much for, for your time. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, especially, uh, uh, you know, during a time where your message is hugely in demand, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate what both of you guys are doing. And uh, I hope this message makes a huge impact with your listeners. And I'd be happy to join you on the airwaves again someday. All right. Thank you. We'd love to have you back. Thank you guys. Awesome.